Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. I want to get right into it. I want to turn to Acts chapter 17 and we're going to read something and then we're going to go, we're going to kind of go in a little journey. We're going to take a little journey through scripture today. Acts chapter 17, verse 1 through 7, it says, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Amponia, I probably butchered those names, don't worry about it, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, and as was his custom, on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it, is necess- it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise again from the dead, And saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few leading women. Can the ladies say leading women? So even back then there were leading women. Amen? But that's not what we're preaching about. But the Jews were jealous And taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out of the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down, say that again, these men who have turned New York upside down these men who have turned staten island upside down these men who have turned new jersey upside down these men who have turned pennsylvania's out there somewhere upside down have come here also and jason has received them and they are all acting against the decrees of caesar saying that there is another king Jesus. They turned the world upside down with a simple message, with a simple declaration. And that declaration was that Jesus was king. It wasn't a blue message, a red message, a vaccinated message, an unvaccinated message, a mass message, an unmasked message, a black white message, or a, it was a message Jesus is king. Jesus is king. And, and, and I wanted to piggyback off of what Pastor Rose shared last week, because what, what was last week's message? Tag Pastor Rose. There was like three of them. I'm going to give you another chance to get in your pastor's good graces. What was last week's sermon? The church is the what? The bride. And, and, and if you don't know me by now, I like looking for connections in Scripture, because the Bible is one book. It's, it's, we call it Old Testament, New Testament, but it's one book. It's the revelation of God, where He reveals Himself to us, and we can find Jesus everywhere. And, and when Pastor Roe was sharing that the church is the bride, it took me to another ch- couple that I like talking about a lot, Adam and Eve. Right? Because, because if we know anything about Scripture, we know that Jesus was the second Adam. So, so the Bible says that Adam had a bride. What was her name? Eve, right? I was going to say Eden. Wow. Thank God you guys are Bible scholars. Give yourself a pat on the back. 
His wife's name was Eve. And, and, and if we look at what was going on there, Eve wasn't given to Adam immediately. First, Adam was given an assignment. And in the midst of that assignment, it was found that he needed a helper suitable for him. And by suitable for him, it meant suitable for him and the assignment that he had been given by God. So, so for the single ladies out there, don't go fishing for a guy based on attraction, based on what he looks like, based upon what he's making. Why not look for a guy based on his assignment? Right? Because if he's not about nothing when you meet him, he's not going to be about nothing after you. But, but, but when, when it comes to Jesus, right, the Bible says that on the cross he was crucified. Pastor Roe talked about it last week, and he was punctured in his side, right, where, where his ribs are. And from his rib came out blood and water, right? Because, I, I mean, I, I know a little bit about this. When, when a woman gives birth, usually what, what, what gushes out of the woman, kind of disgusting, but it is what it is, right, is, is blood and water, so, so when Jesus is gushing out blood and water while he's asleep, he's giving birth to his bride. The same way Adam gave birth to his bride. Why? Because Adam, Jesus now was able to say, now is time to give birth to my bride. Now is time for my bride to come forth and for my bride to establish my kingdom. But the same way Eve ran into an assignment we as a church also have an assignment and that assignment is to expand the kingdom of Jesus Christ to cover all of the earth but how are we going to do this amen can, can we go through a little journey real quick I, I the, the reason I preach this with fervor the we, reason I preach this with, with excitement is because it changed my life for eight years of my Christianity, I was born again in a church. I'm not going to say the name, but, but I was born in one of those churches, right, where it was based on works of, about how much you fasted, about how much you prayed, about how much you worshipped, about how much you came to church, about works, 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 works. And what, what ended up happening after eight years, I burned out. I burned out. And in the midst of that burnout, someone reached out to my pastor and asked my pastor to extend his help to me. But my pastor was only worried about the church equipment that was in my house. And he said, just tell him to have my church equipment ready for me to pick him up. He knows the consequences of leaving God. Ajayel con Dios. That was his words. And in the midst of this season, what ends up happening in my life is that I have a vision. And in that vision, I see my Bible on a, on a table like this, and my Bible is, is glowing. It's like a spotlight is on my Bible. And in the vision, I walk towards the Bible, and the Bible's open on Luke chapter 9. And when I look at Luke chapter 9, it's when Jesus sends out his disciples. And he said, go forth and preach the kingdom of God. Heal the sick, free the demon-possessed, give sight to the blind, heal the mute, heal everybody that's around, and preach the kingdom. And from that day till today, my life has never been the same. I ran into an article in, in one of these Christian magazines, and the title caught my attention because it said, Jesus changed the world once. Jesus changed the world once. 
And that's why I caught my attention because I'm like, well, what are we doing today? See, but, but the author began to expound on his idea, and I feel that it's very, very relevant to us because I know that some of you have the same questions that I got. Right? Because when I read scripture, one of the questions that I have, and you can just say amen or hmm, or she maybe um, has this question, not me, because I'm just full of faith. But one of the questions that I've had is, you know, why doesn't Jesus heal like that anymore? Why doesn't the Holy, why doesn't Holy Spirit move like that anymore? Why aren't 5,000 people, 3,000 people at one shot being added to the church of Christ like that anymore? Why isn't growth happening the way it happened in the book of Acts? Why, is it, why aren't those things happening anymore? But I believe that a shift is coming. I believe that God is bringing together different pieces to this family called Christ Uncensored House of Worship. Because God is saying in Staten Island, they're not going to be saying, why doesn't that happen anymore? They're going to be saying, how can we get more and more and more and more and more? Why? Because we're going to understand today that we've been called for something much, much greater than we've been experiencing. I'm reading a book right now. It's called When God Became King. And the same author, he wrote a book after, I believe. In other words, the same way Pastor Roe was talking about the bride of Christ, what comes after your I do's? I thank God for the time he gave my wife and I to get to know each other, to get to ask hard questions. And if you know my wife, like, like she asks stuff that I don't want to answer. I don't like the questions she asks me sometimes, right? Because they're those deep thinker type questions. And I'm a seven. I'm avoiding these type of questions at all costs. But, but, but she, don't, she doesn't care because she's the one. She's going to ask them at all costs, right? And, 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 but in asking these questions, we were preparing ourselves for a marriage, not a wedding day. Because there's a lot of people, they put a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of conversation into the wedding day. But the day that wedding dress comes off, something begins called eternity. Something begins called until death do us part. And, and that's hard. Can I get some of the married? No, 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 I don't want to get you in trouble. I saw some of the wives say, you better not. I want to read off a definition that I felt God gave me before I take you on this journey through Scripture. And what I feel Holy Spirit told me is that the church is meant to be the continued revelation and manifestation of what God desired in Genesis 1 when he gave humanity dominion, authority, and the ability to multiply and be fruitful. In other words, we're supposed to manifest God's intention here on earth. Any of you ever ask, like, Jesus saved you? How many of you are saved? Praise God. You're saved. But why are you still here? Why are you still here? Why when he saved us, didn't he take us right then and there? That would have been so easy and so cool. Like, everyone would have been getting saved, right? I got an issue. Jesus, right? And your clothes just stay right there and your problems are done with. But he left us here. He left us here. And, and, and I think the reason he left us here is found in Genesis chapter 1. And what we're going to see next is that all throughout Scripture, God was presenting this idea of kingdom to humanity. And what he was presenting was who we are. 
Look at the person next to you and say, you might not know who I am, but get ready. Let's go to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, it says, but God spoke. He said, let us make human beings in our image, making them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. How many of you can say that's a big responsibility? He made us responsible for the earth. If we keep going, it says God created human beings. He created them God-like. He created us God-like. <laughs> Man, if you knew what that meant, you would be so much more excited. He created your husband God-like. He created your wife God-like. He created your children God-like. He created his kingdom God-like. When we... I don't want to get ahead of myself. And it says, the next, the next part says, reflecting God's nature. Reflecting God's nature. He created male and female. And he blessed them. Look at the four things he says to us. He, he created us to prosper. He created us to prosper. Christ's uncensored house of worship is a church that believes that God has created us to prosper. We believe that Jesus became poor so that in his poverty we might be made rich. We believe that the Bible says that if we sow, we shall reap. We believe that there is a harvest for the children of God. That's not why we do it, but we can have an expectation that it's going to happen and reveal itself in our life. Why? Because he created us God-like. God created Adam and Eve, and out of, an, out of Adam and Eve, we have all this humanity that we have all over the earth. In other words, when I look at each and every one of you, I don't just see you because he created you God-like. In other words, when he created you, he created you with the ability to multiply. He created you with the ability to prosper. He created you with the ability to become more than you can ever dream that you were he said he prosper reproduce he created you with the ability to reproduce but this is important and this is why we need things like matrix this is why we need things like prayer this is why we need things like community group why because we don't reproduce what we want we reproduce what we are that that's a kingdom principle. We reproduce what we are. And he says, fill the earth and take charge. I don't know who I'm talking to. But, but I'm, I'm looking for someone that's sick of everything around them taking charge of them. I'm, sick of, I'm, I'm looking for someone that's sick of their emotions taking charge of them. I'm looking for someone that's sick of their past taking charge of them. I'm looking for someone that's sick of men or women taking charge of them. I'm looking for someone that says, no, if I am in Christ, if I am the kingdom of God here on earth, there is no way that things are going to continue having dominion over my life I am called to have dominion if we keep going it says God bless them you are blessed 
because you are in Christ, any curse, I don't care how many generations far, it goes far back. No, it does not matter. In Christ, that curse cannot keep dominion over you. They are broken. They are destroyed because the Bible says that the Son of God came to undo the works of the devil. If you believe he did it, how many of you can say amen? Oh, but it doesn't stop there. Because if we go to Exodus chapter 19, Moses also has something to say about this. Moses in Exodus 19 verse 6 says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation set apart for my purpose. A kingdom of priests. See, but, 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 but we could keep it real, right? Sometimes we don't feel like priests. Sometimes we don't feel like priests. See, but that's the thing in the kingdom of God. It's not based on what you feel. I am an American citizen because of where I was born. It doesn't matter what I was dealing with at the time that I was born. Because if I was born in this country legally, I am a citizen of the United States of America. I got a passport. See, the pa when, I, when I go to another country, Pastor Ro, they don't respect me because of the picture inside of the passport. They respect me because of the seal that is on the front of that passport. The Bible says that in Christ Jesus, the minute you said Jesus, I welcome you back into my life. The Bible says he sealed you with his spirit until the day of redemption. In other words, wherever you go, wherever you walk, it does not matter. You remain a citizen of the kingdom of God. You are sealed. You are protected. You've been marked. And this is why things that should have destroyed you couldn't destroy you. This is why you gave your back to him, but he was still running after you. Think about it. A citizen, when they're arrested, they still get a pillow. They still get a room to be in. They still get food to eat when they get, when they get incarcerated. This is how a lot of children of God are today. They've incarcerated themselves in their own mindsets and mentalities, but it doesn't change the fact of who you are. Because if you've been born again, you were born smack in the middle of the kingdom of God. And no one can take that citizenship from you. Oh, I got to say that again, Pastor. No one can take that citizenship from you. No one. This is why when Moses comes up, he says, look, you're going to be to me a kingdom of priests and a nation that is set apart for my purposes. Everyone in this room today, you've been set apart for the purposes of the kingdom of God. There's something so much greater than the little beef you have against your brother and your sister. There's something so much greater than the little disagreement that doesn't allow you to call or text your brother or your sister. There's something so much greater that is keeping some of you guys at home. And it's called the kingdom of God. And if you believe in the kingdom of God today, you'll understand that I'm a kingdom. I'm a priest. And I've been selected by God, set apart for his purpose. That's why there's so something pulling you today what is pulling people from pa to christ purpose purpose 
What pulled me from my comfortable apartment in Hawthorne, New Jersey, where I was chilling. Now I'm driving and, and tracking, you know, coming all the way up here and, and coming with my wife. And sometimes I sleep. Some Another time she'll take the hour and take her nap. But we're coming here. Why? Because purpose is pulling us here. Purpose will pull you. Purpose will have you doing things you thought you couldn't do. Purpose will have you singing when you thought you couldn't sing. Purpose will have you sharing the gospel when you thought you didn't have anything to share. Purpose will have you praying to a God that you thought had forgotten about you. Purpose will pull you when everything else gives up on you. Moses said you are a kingdom of priests. There was another guy, his name was David. How many of you love you some David? Man, I, I, I pre-purchase the tickets to, what's that place name? Sight and Sounds, yes, David, next year, let's all go. Um, Psalm chapter 8, David is in the desert, and David begins to talk to God. And he says, look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are a fascinating artist who fashioned it all. But I have this question. Why would you bother with puny, mortal man or care about human beings? David looked up towards heaven and David said, why, why do you even think about us, God? God, why don't you forget about me the way everyone forgot about me? God, why, don't, why, why, why is it that you think about us? Why is it that you pursue us? Why is it that you love us the way that you love us? Why is it that you never turn your back to us? Why is it that you promise to be with us forever? Why is it that you say that though father or mother forsake me, I will never forsake you? Why is it that you said you'll be with me to the very end? Why is it that you said that, that I'm in your beginning and I'm in your end? Why is it that you say all these things, God? He says, yet what honor you have given to men. Yet what honor you have given to every single person here seated in this room. It says, you were created a little bit lower than Elohim. See, a lot of English translations, they put angels. But the original translation never said angel. The original translation always said, you made us a little lower than God. This is why we don't serve angels. We don't worship angels. We don't bow down to angels. The Bible says that angels are ministering servants of us. Those that have inherited the kingdom of God. This is why at any moment, if you begin to understand your role in the kingdom of God, you can activate angelic forces to come and work on your behalf. To protect you, to protect yours, to protect your kids, to protect your family. Because they're there to serve you. Because it's God and then his kingdom. This is heavy. This is heavy. Because this is who you are. You're not just some measly little minority. You're not some measly little island out there in New York that's excluded from all the other ones because it might not be. But I mean, you know, other than Wu-Tang. No. We are so much more than we have come to believe. And religion will tell you you are so much less unless you do X, Y, and Z. But the Bible says Jesus looked at this religious man and he said, If you are born again, 
again. You will be able to see the kingdom of God. All it takes is saying yes to Jesus. Because the minute you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to the king. And he is not a king of paupers. He is not a king of beggars. The Bible says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In other words, if he's the king, guess what that makes you? If he's the king, guess what that makes you? That makes you, that makes you, and that makes you. That makes us kings and queens in the kingdom of God. The church is the kingdom. The church is so much more than we think that it is. We have such a high calling. We have so much authority. We have so much grace. We have so much anointing. We have so much power. But what are we doing with it? He says, you made him a little lower than God. You crowned him with glory and magnificence. You have delegated to them rulership over all that you made with everything under their authority, placing earth earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's footstool. How many of you ever heard that? The earth is the Lord's footstool. Well, how many of you also heard that the Bible promised Joshua, whatever touches the sole of your feet will be yours. Why whatever touches the the sole of Joshua's feet is his? Why whatever touches the sole of your feet is yours? Because we are image bearers. And if the earth is God's footstool, and I'm an heir with God, and a joint heir with Christ, whatever's his is mine. We need to learn to stop begging and instead decide that the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I'm not waiting for a handout. You shouldn't be waiting for a handout my help comes from the lord who maker of heaven and earth if he be with me who can be against me all of a sudden things begin to shift things begin to shift when you understand you're the kingdom of god all of a sudden you understand oh man things are gonna be all right why because it's not so much because of me but it's the purpose of god that is stored within me it's the purpose of god that is stored within you and he's fighting for that purpose to be made manifest it says it says you have delegated to them rulership rulership You are so much more than you think you are. The prophet Isaiah, he said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Who is it talking about? Come on, y'all can do better than that. Who is he talking about? Jesus and it says of the increase of his government and of the his peace there shall be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forever you know how long forever is forever it means the same thing in Greek and Hebrew forever forever means forever In other words, if you've lost your peace this morning, 
But if you understand, I am the kingdom of God. And he promised me that of his peace, there shall be no end. I don't know who try, who's trying to take it, but I'm going to reclaim it back in the name of Jesus. And declare that peace is mine because I'm following the prince of peace. But look what it says. It says, of his peace, justice, righteousness from this time and forevermore. But then it doesn't finish there. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You don't have to do anything except believe in him. He's so passionate about it. He's so excited about what he could do in and through you that he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do everything that needs to be done to give you access into my kingdom again. I'm going to move whatever needs to be moved to make it easy for you to come back in. All you have to do is say, yes, yes, Jesus, I accept you. I accept you. And you're in. Oh, if you're not in and you leave this place not in, man, I, I might want to punch you in the face. <laughs> With some love, right? With some love. Because it's just that, like, I know what God wants to do with you. I know how much God loves you. I know how much he's done for you already. I know the, 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 the things that he wants to shift around in your life. And all it takes is, and I do, I remember the first time I met my wife. Ooh, the timer's gone. Does that mean I have no time limit? I remember the first time I saw my wife. Right, we work in the same place, and they was introducing her to me. And I saw how she looked at me. I was like, yeah, I see you. <laughs> And, and uh, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't time yet, but, but I remember that day, right? Like, I remember the first time I kissed her. She pushed me away. She pushed me away. It's not, uh, it was like, oh. Uh. Like, I kissed her. She pushed me away. But I remember that. Um, I remember our first date. We went to see Lion King. It was, like, super cool. Um, I, I remember our first, there's other firsts, right? Y'all get it. There's a lot of first times. Um, so, so I remember all those first times because first times are important. First times are important. Right? So the first time that God speaks to man, he didn't speak to man about a church. He spoke to man about authority. He spoke to man about dominion. He spoke to man about establishing his kingdom. Because for, and because first times are important, I immediately go to Scripture and I'm like, okay, what were the first things Jesus said? The very first time that Jesus begins to preach as a minister of the gospel, the very first words he says in Matthew 4, 17, he says, from that time Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. It's here. See, but we hear that word repent, and we're like, right, we're thinking coming to the altar and crying. The devil is a liar. That's not my time. Um, you know, the, <laughs> he's crying. You know, we, we're thinking about changing. We're thinking about everything we have to do now that we repented. But the word repent has to do with a change of mindset. 
Because if you change how you think, you change how you walk. If you change how you think, you change what you accept. If you change how you think, you change how you interpret everything that's around you. If your mentality changes, your perception changes. If your perception changes, your world changes. If your world changes, it's because the kingdom of God has made its way back into a manifestation in this realm. This is why Jesus said what I'm about to show you guys. You got to change your mindset to believe it. What I'm about to show you is going to be so far beyond anything you've ever seen. You guys are expecting a king to be born in a palace. I'm going to flip that upside down and I'm going to be born in a manger. You guys are expecting that I'm going to call warriors to my kingdom. I'm going to call fishermen and tax collectors and, and people that are rejected by society. You guys think I'm going to take over the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire. Empire is too small for me. I ain't come for the Roman Empire. I came for the whole world so that the whole world could be full of his glory. You guys think that I'm going to take over and kill everybody. No, no, no. I'm going to lay down my life to show you what kind of kingdom I'm bringing because this kingdom is not based on human perception or human me you know mechanism no 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 it's based on God doing what only God can do when only he can do it in a way that only he can do it the very first time the very first time don't get don't get excited at not yet I got, I got, it's leaving again. Let her leave, let her leave. <laughs> the very first time the word church is used is in Matthew chapter 16. Where his disciples are having a conversation with him. And all of a sudden, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter has this revelation, and the revelation was so big, but it was simply, you are the Christ. That word Christ means anointed one. Anointing, the Bible says, is what breaks the yoke. Anointing, the Bible says, is what breaks the chains that is holding humanity captive. Anointing is what differentiates us from the world and those that do not know Christ. Anointing is what the enemy is afraid of. Not nice songs, not lights, not good preaching, not stomping, not numbers. No, no, no. The enemy is afraid of anointing because he knows that when the anointing shows up, his game is over. And that's what Christ means. When Peter says you are the Christ, he was saying you are the king that we've been expecting ever since Genesis chapter 1. You are the king who was to be born with a government on his shoulders. You are the king that Daniel said his kingdom shall have no end. You are the king we've been waiting for. And Jesus says that's awesome. And then look what he says. The very next verse, for the very first time, he says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. For the first time, he uses that, that thing called church, right? And in the Greek, the, the word church means ecclesia. 
He said, on this revelation that I am the anointed one, I am going to build my ecclesia. That word ecclesia was a government, right? It was a body of governors who got together to decide the rules of their community. So Jesus says, I am Christ. I am king. Therefore, you are church and you are kingdom. But the word church is not have a service every Sunday. His idea of church was a body that gets together to decide what happens and what doesn't happen. This is why the first day he gives them keys. He says, he says, you are the church and behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Why? Because that's what an ecclesia does. An ecclesia gets together and they say, no, what's going to reign in Staten Island is not hatred. What's going to reign in Staten Island is the love of Christ. What's going to happen in Staten Island is not everybody dying from COVID. What's going to happen in Staten Island is people being healed from COVID. What's going to happen in our city is what we get together as a church and decide is going to happen in our city. Usually people will come to us and they'll ask us, what are you? Right? They're not asking you to put a regal, right? They're who you, they're who, they're who, they will hear you. Hearing worship, they'll be like, what are you? Right, you'll answer, the, the, you'll answer their question with some verse or something inspirational. What are you? They ask the same question in the book of Acts. Right, and they used to say we're of the way, but they needed a more official name. So then all of a sudden they changed their name from the followers of the way to Christians. And nowadays, being a Christian means it, it, it has to do with what you can't do. Right? Being a Christian means I got to dress a certain way. I got to walk a certain way. I, I can't go to certain places. I can't hear certain things. I can't eat certain foods. Right? It's like I am a Christian and this is how I operate. There's no life in that. Right? Being a Christian has become synonymous with being judgy, with being preachy, with being boring, with being absent, with being judgmental, with being condemning. But that is not what it meant for them in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, what being Christian meant was I am like Christ. In other words, when you said you were a Christian in the book of Acts, what you were declaring were that anything that he can do, I can do better. Some of y'all are like, oh my God, that's heresy. No, 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 no. Jesus said, whatever I have done, resurrection, healing the sick, raising the dead, walking on water, giving sight to the blind, giving, I'm hearing to the mute, give, give, doing all of these things. Whatever I do, you shall do greater because I'm going back to daddy. But you guys, I'm going to leave here. This is why when we pray, he doesn't want us to pray weak prayers. God gave me, God gave me, God gave me. No, no, no. He says that all you need 
need to say is thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven because if the kingdom comes healing comes if the kingdom comes prosperity comes if the kingdom comes liberty comes if the kingdom comes freedom comes if the kingdom comes clarity comes if the kingdom comes the devil's game is over but as long as we continue playing christianity I preached a sermon one time and I called it Christ, Christian or Kingdom. Because it's two different things nowadays. But I believe that God brought me to a family called Christ Uncensored House of Worship with a bunch of crazies, with a bunch of people that are crazy enough to believe that, yeah, I was born a certain way, but I believe that I'm kingdom. Yeah, I was born abused, busted, disgusted, but today I am kingdom because I have believed and I am born again. And because I'm born again, I am now a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, everything is made new. Everything. Say everything. Come on, I got four more minutes. Say everything. John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to end with this. How many of you know that verse? For God so... Some of y'all got so nervous. Y'all like, man, I think I'm supposed to know this one. <laughs> like, I think... <laughs> See, in the Greek, that word everlasting, it simply means a new point in time. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that those who believe in him would not perish but enter into a new point in time. In other words, you didn't come to believe in Jesus just to go to heaven. You come to believe in Jesus because you understand that where I am right now is a point in time that I don't want to be in anymore. How many of you all know what I'm talking about? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick of the loneliness. I'm sick of the anger. I'm sick of the bitterness. I'm sick of the resentment. I'm sick of being alone. I'm sick of being hated. I'm sick of being talked about. I'm sick of being gossiped about. I'm sick of being be Belittled. I'm sick of being cast aside. All of a sudden you say, Jesus, I'm going to believe that you love me. And because you love me, and because you are the king of kings, and because you are who I'm putting my faith in, I'm going to step from over here, from all this baggage, from all this anger, from all this hurt, from all this pain, and I'm going to enter into the church. Because the church is the kingdom of God. How many of you are ready to leave that place and come into a new place, a broad place, a peaceful place, a blessed place, a healing place? Because that's what he wants for you. That's what he wants. I believe when Jason and all his crew was arrested, when they were arrested and they took him before the authorities, they didn't complain, Pastor Lee. They weren't like, why is this happening to me? Why are people hating about me? Hashtag haters. They didn't do that. Because they knew who they were serving. I believe they rose up their hands. And they began to sing a song. They began to sing a song. And I believe because they knew they were serving the king of kings. 
their song caused something to happen. Because see, there's, there's, there's singers and there's worshipers. Singers sing about what they heard about. Worshippers worship from a different place. They worship from a place of a person who they've met, who they've known, who they've cried with, who they've cried to, who has lifted them up, who has been their blessing that they needed. They worship a king. I want to invite you guys to worship a king with me. Can we do that? Can we stand up? Because you never see when a king comes into town, people don't stay seated. People get excited because the king with just one word could turn it all around. How many of you need the king to turn it around for you? The king is here. I said the king is here. Jesus, the king of kings, the Lord of lords is here. Can we close our eyes real quick? You can start. Just, just close your eyes. And I want you to just focus on that king. Holy. Yes. Holy. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that there's 24 elders. And the 24 elders have crowns on their head. And the Bible says that they took off their crowns and laid it on the altar of the King of Kings. And that they began to sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Today, you are also at the throne of glory. I said today, you are also at the throne of glory. Would you dare worship with the elders? Lay down your crown and say, Jesus, Holy, Holy, Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.